and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's March 7th, 2019, and this is episode 14. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get started. New in theaters? Well, actually, it's something that I forgot to mention last week. Uh, a film that opened on March 1st, which is Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral. Hard to believe I forgot that one, huh? Uh, it's a comedy drama from Lionsgate Pictures, written and directed, of course, by Tyler Perry. Uh, this is the film series that everyone seems to love to hate. And, uh, of course, then creator Tyler Perry is just laughing all the way to the bank. Um, this is the 11th and final film from what I've heard. Uh, Tyler Perry has stated that this is going to be his last uh, Medea film. And, uh, as you know, Medea is, is uh, an elderly woman uh, played by Tyler Perry dressed in drag. And... He and and uh, she's sassy, and uh, again, they made a lot of movies about this and a, and a lot of money. Uh, the uh, plot summary is a joyous family reunion to, turns into a hilarious nightmare as Medea and crew travel to backwards Georgia and unexpectedly plan a funeral, which threatens to reveal sordid family secrets. So, uh, anyway. Um, sorry that I forgot to mention that, that one last week, but uh, there you have it. Um, so Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral is rated PG-13 by the Motion Picture Association of America for crude sexual content, language, and drug references throughout. So now, uh, opening uh, this weekend, and uh, you'll be able to see the first screenings of it tonight, it's... Marvel Studios' latest film, Captain Marvel. It's, uh, of course, an action-adventure superhero movie, uh, co-directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. And I'm actually going to review this film in, in the podcast today. I had a chance to see it uh, earlier at a, at a press screening, and and uh, I'm excited to talk to you about it. it uh, it's I'll just uh, rated PG-13. By the Motion Picture Association of America for sequences of sci-fi violence and action and brief suggestive language. So, new in theaters, Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral, which, you know, from last week. And then uh, Captain Marvel. Alright, so for reviews, as I mentioned, I'd like to talk about the new Marvel Studios film, Captain Marvel. And this movie is just really a lot of fun. It's set in 1995, which is kind of a cool uh, idea and an era where the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, as we know it, has not really... Uh, really explored. It stars Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, 
but also has just an absolutely fantastic cast. Samuel uh, FNL Jackson is back in in uh, the again the Marvel Cinematic Universe playing Nick, a younger Nick Fury. Again, this being set in 1995, uh, they do some they did some work on him as far as uh, you know some computer generated effects to make him look a little younger and his character doesn't have the eye patch yet as he does in the films where we um you know that we're familiar with with Nick Fury also and, and he's also he's an agent of uh shield you know the strategic homeland intervention enforcement and logistics division that he's working at again when we meet him later on in these Marvel Cinematic Universe films that we've been familiar with over the last uh, decade. Also back in in play is Agent Coulson, who's played again by Clark Gregg. And same thing, they make him look a little younger, but it's still cool to have have both of them both of them involved. So Captain Marvel is is uh, set in both on, on Earth in 1995 and in outer space. So this this will be a spoiler-free review, but I'll just try to set it up for you. So in the Marvel comics, we've got uh, these alien races. One is called the Kree, and another one they're called the Skrulls. So the Kree and the Skrulls, and they have been at each other's throats for... For uh, millennia, they they uh, they're constantly fighting. So this this film continues this this fight, the, the storyline of the fight between the Kree and the Skrulls, and Captain Marvel is really kind of in the gets in the middle gets in the middle of it. When we first meet Captain Marvel, uh, they call her Vers, and. Uh, You'll you know learn more about that when you when you go see the movie, but Vers is a powerful warrior, uh, in and part of the Kree alien race when we when we meet her, and then they're fighting. So the Krees are fighting the Skrulls. The Skrulls are shapeshifters, and when you when you see them normally, uh, they their skin is kind of green in color, and they've got some some lines in their in their skin as well as pointy ears but they can take on the appearance of of other beings which really makes them a more formidable foe because uh, again you might not necessarily recognize them as being as being a scroll and uh, anyway and it, and it also adds, it adds to kind of the uh, interest in, and excitement of the film because you might not necessarily know who everybody is at any given time. But uh, there's a ma- there's a mishap and Vers crash lands on Earth along with some of these shape shifting scrolls. Uh, then uh, she encounters Nick Fury and and it almost becomes like a buddy cop flick. Where where Vers and Nick Fury are unfolding this mystery of of who who uh, you know Vers actually is where did she where did she come from and what's going on with these these aliens and uh, 
Verse is also, though, having some interesting memories that are resurfacing as if she had been on Earth before. So this buddy cop flick also turns into kind of a, a mystery movie as 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 uh, Verge tries to figure out who she who she really is and how does she fit in with all this all this uh, war going on this intergalactic war and and uh, et cetera et cetera so that's kind of the setup but I, I gotta tell you this is just one another one of those really solid entries for Marvel Studios. Maybe not their best film, but it's absolutely terrific. You know, high quality effects, really great actors. I think that's one of the hallmarks of these of these Marvel Studios films is they just cast them so well. So Brie Larson's terrific. Uh, of course, Samuel Jackson is is so great, and and. Often, you know, his 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 roles kind of played for laughs in this film, but it really works. I thought uh, there are some some new cast members in you know into the Marvel universe as well. Uh, there's a U.S. Air Force pilot. The character's name is Maria. She's played by uh, Lasagna Lynch, and she's she's terrific. Uh, Nick Fury's Shield boss is is played by Ben Mendelsohn. And Ben's got a pretty big role in this movie, and he's 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 terrific. Uh, Annette Benning is in it, playing kind of a mysterious role. I won't go into that, but she's she's in it. And Jude Law is in it too, and he's 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 terrific. He plays a, a Cree uh, dude who's who's uh, training Vers, you know, aka Captain Marvel. And uh, and there's some other cast members too, which uh, I won't spoil, but but. Uh, Really, really fun. Also, as I'm sure you've you've uh, determined or, or, or figured out, this film is really also a setup for the upcoming uh, Avengers movie, which is opening April 26th. Avengers Endgame and Avengers. I mean, you know, all these Marvel Studio films they're they're connected. They're just like one big great serial film, but. Uh, Avengers Endgame is really the second part of, of Avengers Infinity War, which left with some with a major cliffhanger. So this uh, this film is is a, a this film is also a bridge in, in, into uh, Avengers Endgame, and how fun that Avengers Endgame opens up next month. It's hard it's hard to believe that that uh, that we're already here. As you also already know, with any Marvel Studios film, stay through the end credits uh, and stay till the very end. So, just you know, you know that. And uh, I just hope you'll go, you'll go have fun at the movies. It's 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 uh, again not necessarily the most brilliant movie ever made, but it's just a high quality entry into this really fun film series. From Marvel Studios, so Captain Marvel, I I give it uh, four out of five stars. You can read my full review on uh, the blog, and I will have links to it on on uh, the podcast notes. Mm-hmm.
Okay, for Classic Cinema Corner this week, a couple of things. First off, I had a chance last week to see the film Casablanca on the big screen. It's it's one of my all-time favorites, if not my most favorite classic film. But this was a little different. This was actually called Casablanca in Concert. And it was so much fun. So if you've never heard of this, some... Some movie studios now are doing this where they'll, they'll have a print of the film without, the, uh, without its symphonic score. And then you go to a concert hall and they'll play the film on the big screen and then have an actual live uh, orchestra play, play, the, play the score in sync with, with the film. And uh, so that's what went on with this. Uh, I saw with the uh, Utah Symphony here in Salt Lake City, and uh, you know, even though we're not the largest market necessarily in the country, the Utah Symphony is really an outstanding organization with a wonderful history and also just a lot of really great musicians. It's it's always a pleasure to hear the Utah Symphony, and this was in also in Maurice Abravanel Hall, which is there their home base, but it's just, you know, just a lovely concert hall, wonderful acoustics and, uh, just, just a beautiful setting. So that was, it was so fun to see this movie that I love, uh, with this great live music and, and, uh, just really brings another dimension to it. So Max Steiner, the great Max Steiner wrote the score for Casablanca and, you know, so much of it, you you know you probably recognize but also it just it holds up so well on its own but it's wonderful to see it in context of the film probably if i had any kind of criticism and this is really really minor but the uh they had the audio levels i thought a bit low on the film thankfully they had put the the film had subtitles uh but it was it was sometimes hard to hear the film over the orchestra and I think you know they maybe could have just turned up the volume a little bit frankly just on the film just to just to, just to even out a little bit but again the music was the star so I, I can't necessarily fault them for that but Casablanca in concert was wonderful I looked online and it looked like the next time this is playing is I mean not that it's so much traveling around the country but I think just different different uh, symphonies are choosing to to uh, program it. But the Chicago Symphony Orchestra is going to be playing it this, this month. And and uh, so I just say, you know, look for a symphony near you for, for uh, Casablanca in concert because it's a real treat. The Utah Symphony in May is going to be doing Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, in concert. Too and uh, I'm planning to go to that, and I'm really, really excited. That should be, that should be an absolute blast to hear the wonderful John Williams music played played live while the while the film is playing playing too. So, really a fun way to see movies. Also, as an added bonus, Casablanca is is one of the films on my TCM Essentials list. So I was happy to to uh, knock another movie off there but also just to have a really uh, unique and fun way uh, 
to experience the film. All right. Now, uh, I just wanted to give a little update on the Turner Classic Movie, a classic film festival, which is happening next month in Hollywood, California. This is such a great event. I'm really excited to be and grateful to be able to go to this. It's April 11th through 14th in Hollywood, California. Uh, I'll have I'll have links to actually I think all the tickets are, are now sold out from what I've read, but I think there's a wait list and some other things. But I'll have links on the podcast notes. They still are are uh, finalizing plans, and and you know they also kind of wait to make all their 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 announcements until closer to the event. But uh, over this last week, TCM did announce that they will be doing a tribute to the 20th Century Fox studio at the film festival, uh, which, you know, really, I think it was just most likely because of uh, the sale of, of the 20th Century Fox to the Walt Disney Company that's going to be finalized here in the, in, in the near future. But they've got some cool films that they're uh, they're going to be showing well and, you know and just just to be clear 20th century fox is not going away they will so that will still be a branded studio it's just going to be owned by disney so so there's still going to be movies made by 20th century fox i mean that was the whole point so disney could really expand uh both their library as well as just you know their filmmaking capabilities um but anyway, so these these two films from 20th Century Fox are going to be shown at the Turner Classic Movies Classic Film Festival. Uh, they're going to show The Sound of Music in a 70mm print. So that thing's going to be really cool. They're also, speaking of Star Wars, Episode 4, A New Hope, they're going to be showing the special edition of that. I wish, I wish it were the original version and not George Lucas' special edition, but I'm still... How fun to see that on the big screen. Uh, Life Begins at 40, which is a film from 1935 that stars Willa Rogers and Richard Cromwell. Uh, the Little Colonel, also from 1935, which stars Shirley Temple, Lionel Barrymore, and Bill Bojangles Robinson. Uh, Gentle- Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, the musical starring Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell. Uh, that's from 1953. And also from 1953, uh, The Robe, starring Richard Burton and Gene Simmons. So cool films on the big screen. There also, though, there are three other Fox titles that 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 are had already been previously announced that are playing with the film festival. Uh, one is Sunrise, a song of two humans from 1927, uh, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, and Hello Dolly, both from 1969. So they're celebrating their 50th anniversary screenings for both of those films. So really cool stuff. Another thing that they do the, at, at the uh, TCM. Classic Film Festival is they show films in 35 millimeter nitrate. So, you know, as you know, nitrate is incredibly volatile and uh, just, just burns easily. And uh, there's just not a lot of theaters or, or projection rooms that are able to be certified to be able to handle it. But uh, the Egyptian theater. In Los Angeles, it's just in Hollywood, and it's just you know a couple of blocks away from the from the classic uh, Chinese theater. But they've got a certified uh, projection room now that can handle the, these nitrate screenings. And 
I've been to a couple of them at film festivals in the past, and seeing a film in nitrate was was something special. I saw a black and white one and a color one, and the the amazing shades of gray that were available in that black and white film. It was almost just, it was just like a revelation. And then same thing with the color. I just don't think I'd ever seen colors like that projected on, on a big screen. So it just makes for a really unique experience. And it's cool that they, I think that's just a nice, one of the nice things that they can do at the film festival to make it a special and unique experience. So they announced some, some nitrate screenings of, of four films that they're going to be doing. Um, one is The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer from 1947. The Dolly Sisters from 1945. Samson and Delilah from 1949. And Roadhouse from 1948. So uh, anyway, really excited about that. Uh, again, I'll put links about the film festival, the Turner Classic Movie Classic Film Festival in the podcast notes. And I also am blogging about it too, so you can read about it on on moviespastandpresent.com. As far as recommendations go, I say go see Captain Marvel. Uh, I think it's, you know, there's it's playing on a lot of screens this weekend in particular. Uh, also looks like, you know, it's playing in IMAX too. So that would be fun. I I just saw it uh, in a in a in a regular theater, but would love would love to see it in IMAX. Uh, but go go see Captain Marvel and go have some fun at the movies. Well, thanks so much for listening. Again, links and more information about all the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. And we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>